25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right. Here we go. Hour two of the show has begun. Appreciate y'all tuning in. However you're listening, wherever you're listening from. Hey to you. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. That's kind of the way it works. I always have a much better time when you uh, jump in as well, whether it be on the phone or via text or however. So um, shoot me a tweet at Radio Wyatt. That's me. Send a text to me over here on the Country Pleasing text line, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. And I'll get your text that way. And you can also call me. We're going to go on the phone line in just a sec. Uh, On the Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment Madison and in Jackson. For those just tuning in, the baseball game tonight in Pearl, scheduled tonight in Pearl between Mississippi State and Southern Miss, has been postponed. This weather, this rain, the threat of it, all that kind of stuff has moved it. So you're not going to have that game tonight. They'll play it some other midweek date on down the road. They'll figure that out. As soon as we know a makeup date or any information on it, I'll pass it along to you. Just want to make sure that uh, you are aware. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance in all 82 counties across the state of Mississippi. Hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau insurance agents, people you can deal with, get to know them one-on-one, and kind of have that personal relationship with somebody who's got a pretty big job, and that is carrying all your insurance, whether it's home, auto, life, and that's the way it ought to be in insurance. It's a really a kind of a comfortable way to go through it as opposed to you know, dealing with a company that's outside of the state of Mississippi or, you know, people you can't see. You can only hear them, but you can't see them. This way, you know somebody personally uh, with a company, a great Mississippi company, where the home offices are right here in Jackson. That's Farm Bureau. All right, let's start it off. Wayne has been hanging on a long time for me on the Divinity Equipment phone. We'll start off hour two with him. Hey, Wayne, appreciate you calling. What's up? Hey, man, we pairing animals up down here at Byron, Mississippi. Woo, I bet. I mean, it's just, what's that been like three? It's It feels like about three straight months of rain. Wayne, I, yeah. where, where I live in North Mississippi, I said to somebody, and nobody disagrees. We, we up until up until two weeks ago when baseball season started, you would have had to have gone back all the way to November to find two consecutive days of sunshine. That's the kind of weather oh, yeah. we've had. Yeah, it turns out it's the rain train, not the lane train. <laughs> you know, right. Good. Well, you might read your pay. I mean, I think you need to come back one more year if better start Vegas. I mean, 
the young man has got a great ability, but I think he needs another year to kind of get his stuff, you know. He kind of he gets emotional, you know, like when he played Oklahoma, you know. He mm-hmm. just kind of disappeared when he got that foul trouble to the second half, you know. He just, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I was just going to see y'all's opinion, you know. Well, Wayne, you know, I – I have a harder time really kind of feeling confident in my evaluations of players in basketball yeah, well, than I do, than I do football. But I will tell you this. I, my gut, in my gut, it just it agrees with you. It, it seems to me that, you know, he, he's probably good enough to go and get himself a shot right now. Oh, yeah. But, I, I, I mean, is he good enough – that he if he goes, they're going to draft him in the first round, which that's about what it yeah, takes to play in the NBA. Um, not always, but it's about what it takes. And is somebody going to draft him? Is he going to be on a team in the NBA next year and play for them? I, that I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily doubt it, but I just think if he comes back, if he were to come back and put one more year down as a college player and make another year of improvement the way he did from his freshman to sophomore year. Oh yeah. Then you right. And then you and lead the team into the NCAA tournament and all that kind of stuff. Now you're talking about really a sure fire first round pick. Oh yeah. And Weatherspoon, I think he he a junior. I wish he'd come back too. Yeah. Is he a junior? I guess he is. You know. Um you know. all right. Well man, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, thanks, Wayne. I'm just ride in this dang rain. <laughs> All right, y'all, y'all be careful. All right, you too, uh, Roger. Wayne's like um, that Janis Joplin song. I could hear his windshield wipers slapping time. Um, yeah. You know, during the phone call, it's tough, Wayne, because you know the basketball thing is so much different, and you know, I, it's it's not exclusive that you've got to go be a first rounder in order to make a roster and play in the NBA. I mean, look at Terrence Davis, right? For Toronto out of Ole Miss last year. And I think we're all learning now just how good that guy is. But he was not a first-rounder, and he's playing in the NBA now. But I I just – I'd have to say, Wayne, my gut probably says the same thing. That – I don't know what he'll do. Who knows what they hear behind the scenes. And the players – you know, those high-end players, I mean, they just – they are so chomping at the bit to get to the NBA. They're ready to go. That's the way they all seem to be. But if you're Reggie Perry, another year like the one you just had where you're leading the SEC in double-doubles, make another step of improvement, the team gets a little better around you, you know, in the player of the year conversation again in the SEC, maybe win it next time, get your team in the NCAA tournament – mature another year, all that stuff. It just seems like that would be best for him, but they haven't called and asked my opinion, Wayne. Not yet, anyway. Earlier in the show, in the first hour, uh, we had some fun with some throwback tunes because it's hump day. That's how it all got started was the Humpty Dance because it's hump day. Yeah, that's right. Which most people like Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, happy hump day. And so we played that, and that led to a reference of Belle Biv DeVoe. The fact that they would play that song, Poison, on Rap City after school, you know, it was like, not rap. <laughs> and and so the mailman in Jackson sent in a request for some Sir Mix-A-Lot. He is dating himself, obviously. Jackson Mailman, I'm with you, man. Child of the 80s, 90s, if you're asking for Sir Mix-A-Lot. And after all that, ironically, we'll flip it over here now to uh, Preacher Paul on the Country Pleasing Text, who says Jesus is on the mainline country version. I love it. Well, that we didn't play a country version of it. It was just a live version that Roger found where there's some gu- guitar in there. Guitar. Um, or guitar, as I used to say when I was a little bitty kid. I couldn't say guitar. I put an L in there. Rye Cooter. Who's that? Sounds country to me. <laughs> it does sound country, doesn't it? Yeah, R-Y, C-O-O-D-E-R. Yeah. Cooter. Sheriff Jim on the uh, Country Pleasing text line says, love the wall-to-wall and that y'all ain't ever busy. I think the uh, state coach is doing a great job. The boys have won 19 games this year, and they aren't done yet. Where are they? What's their record right now? They're sitting there at 19-11, and 11, and that put them at 10-7 and 7 in the SEC. <clears throat> Kentucky 14-3 and three after last night's loss to Tennessee. Auburn and LSU are 11-5. and five. The two dirtiest basketball programs in the SEC. <laughs> Sorry, it's true. Florida at ten and six, and then State and South Carolina at ten and seven and ten and seven. Um, so that's where it stands right now at this moment. Rusty Dog says, Matt, any update on the baseball game tonight at Trustmark Park? Yep, postpone. Don't have a makeup date, but. It is postponed. They will not play baseball tonight at Trustmark Park in Pearl. Nick on the country, please, in Texas. Everybody knows OJ was innocent. And Tupac and Elvis are hanging out at Area 51 with aliens. <laughs> right. And Patsy Klein. Mm-hmm. Right. Got it. I understand all of what you're putting down there. I'm picking up what you're putting down. And James Hoffa. Smell what you're stepping in. What was that movie? Um, was it Bruce Almighty? Yeah, where Jim Carrey played the part of a local news person, and he was fed up, and he had an encounter with God. Got to be God for a little bit. You know, that's Bruce Almighty. There was a scene in there where he, uh, since he had God's powers, he... Uh, he orchestrated a deal where live on camera in the news, he found Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> Roger, he found it. Remember that scene? <laughs> there was a dog there, and he sniffed it, and they started digging up Hoffa's body in the middle of a field or something. Anthony from Tupelo. Let's see here. Okay, so I'd have to go back, Anthony. Yeah, he says, uh, this will be long, but I'm not able to call. All right. This I may have to paraphrase uh, some of it, Anthony. I don't think I can read quite all of this on the text line. But he's getting at the Mississippi State basketball topic also. He said, my opinion stands benefited from two things during his time at State. One, high schoolers could go pro straight out of high school. And that really evened up the college game because you really had to be good, a good talent evaluator. And it was a different kind of game. 
Right. There was no one and done real. Right. So you had the, you know, the the Monte Ellis's and the Jonathan Benders during the Stans years. They're just going straight to the NBA. And then he said, too, having two divisions in the SEC extremely benefited him. Most of the teams, while Stans was the coach, would fiddle-fought around all season and then go win or make the championship game in the SEC tournament. And now, look, there is some truth to it. It was a different deal back when you had divisions. Now that everything's combined, it's, you know, what? Third or fourth in the SEC doesn't sound as good as number one in the West or number one in the East. That can be the case. And finally, Anthony continued. He said, I am not happy with the way State's season has turned out, but in all honesty, they have the players to go win the SEC tournament. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. State just hasn't found that one player that when the game got back to two or three last night can put the whole team on their back, go score, and lock down the other team's best player. Okay, let's talk about that idea just for one second. Because this has been a whole stream of consciousness about Mississippi State basketball today that started with, when the show began, conversation between me and Gator Nation on the text line about just how talented State really is. I mean, there's this one idea out there that, oh, they are so talented and they massively underachieved in this coach that's coaching. And I said, well, in reality, who do they have on their team that just walks onto any SEC team right now and is automatically a starter everywhere else. They got one guy and it's Reggie Perry. That's it. Be honest. Okay, so we, if we're looking at their talent in reality compared to the other teams, like where do they stand, then we can really decide, do a better job of deciding just how much they've underachieved or not. You know, that kind of stuff. And so, Anthony, you say here State just hasn't found that one player that when the game got back to two or three, like last night, can put the whole team on their back and go score. Well, why not? That is a good question to ask. Why not? Because like Wayne and I are having this conversation earlier in this hour, Reggie Perry, is he ready to go to the NBA? Should he go? Reggie Perry's a first-round pick. Is he a starter on an NBA team when he goes next year? All those things? Because I got news for you. If Reggie Perry is the gimme the basketball kind of guy down two or three in the clutch moments of a game, and you got, I mean, if he's going to go play in the NBA, he's that kind of offensive player, isn't he? Every night, isn't he? Against any SEC team, isn't he? Well, he should be. That's all I'm saying. I mean, look, I made the reference of a Terrence Davis on last year's Ole Miss team. They were not a great team, but they made it to the NCAA tournament. Now look at him this year without him. And he's in the NBA playing and scoring lots of points for an NBA team right now. That's the kind of offensive player he is. And on last year's Ole Miss team, they're down two, three clutch moment in the ball game. Who's getting the basketball for Ole Miss? Terrence Davis. Who wants the basketball for Ole Miss? Terrence Davis. Who's going to hit the shot and score every time? And everybody in the arena knows it. Terrence Davis. And this year it's Brian Tyree for some of their games. 
Well, what I want to know is, is Reggie Perry that kind of offensive player for State? And has he been that kind of offensive player for State? You said it in your text, Anthony. Hasn't found They haven't found that one player that when the game's on the line there, down two or three, and clutches, put the team on their back and go score. Well, why not? We're talking about him being the player of the year, candidate in the SEC, leading the leading in, in double-doubles, and should he go ahead and go to the NBA? Well, I got news for you. That kind of player should put the team on his back every time. Quindary Rutherspoon, every time. Everybody in the arena knows who's getting the ball, and it still is his. Where is it? Let's go to Chris, who is on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. You're Kubota dealer. Chris, what's up? Hey, man. How you doing, Matt? Just right. Hey, I think that um, I think that he's wrong. Honestly, uh, your last guy that sent that message because actually Stansberry was hurt by that rule. Because guess what? If that rule was in effect when Stansberry was there, you have Travis Outlaw and Jonathan Fender playing for Stansberry, and we might actually see some deep runs into the playoffs because of that. Yeah. Well, but see, here's the thing, Chris. Here's the thing that I have a problem with, though. Is and help talk me through this now. Basketball, especially, seems to me to be the kind of sport where just because you put a talent or a super talented player into the mix does not mean that that team is going to be able to go out and beat people because it takes a team to beat people. Exactly. I think you're right on that, and I mean that's the that's the that's the truth. And that's why I think, um, but I mean, look at what we've saw under Howlett. Everybody says, oh, well, he's a great recruiter and he's great this. But is he a great coach? I agree with Bo on this. He's not a great coach because you have, you had Tyson Carter scoring how many points at the beginning of the season as he was the point guard? Well, why did you mess with that? When, I understand when Nick come back, and I understand he was turning the ball over, but when Nick come back, he should have left Tyson at the at the one, and then put Nick at the two, and let Nick play his more natural position. Well, and how about this, Chris? Not even be in this position. Here's something. Or that, let Molinar play. Here's something that backs up what you're saying. We're sitting here right now on March the fourth, and Tyson Carter still leads the team in assists per game, averaging averaging exactly. three three a game, and. And look, I mean, we don't, we're not, you and I, we're not sitting here knocking Nick Weatherspoon one bit at all as the point guard. But what, what was, what you're saying and what I'm using that stat to back up is why isn't Nick Weatherspoon your leading assist guy? You know? Because he's not a, he's not a natural point guard. Yeah. I mean, you look at it this way you have a natural freshman point guard on this team. You should have left Tyson at the one because of how good he was doing. And then put Nick in his spot. And when Nick was in his spot last year, we had games to where Nick was scoring 25 or 30 points. Mm. And he wasn't trying to do it all. I mean, some people are just not good under pressure. And I'm not knocking Nick for this, but he's just not that person. He's not his brother. And we all ding him because he's Quindary's brother. But he's not not Quindary. Just like their younger brother is not even Nick. Mm. He's not either one of them. So he's not playing 
major college basketball right now, especially not in the SEC. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, also, too, how many times have we heard Hallen say, oh, well, I just lost track of this person? How in the world does Iverson Molinar, is it against a team like South Carolina, sitting on the bench that long? Yeah. I mean, you know he's going to the rack. You know he's either going to make it or get fouled. He's going to do everything he can. Why is he sitting on the bench? You could have fouled out half of South Carolina's team last night, and they wouldn't have had. It wouldn't have mattered if Perry sat on the bench for four minutes because they wouldn't have been there. Yeah. I mean, that's just the bottom line: is oh, the coaching is not there. Well, and, it, and, hey, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be against bringing Richard Williams back because. If he wants to coach, I mean, I love listening to him on the sidelines, and I don't think he wants to come back. But yeah. if I was John Cohen, I'd be going and talking to him and be like, look, do you want to come back? Because we'll, we'll find a super recruiter to put to you and put these people on the floor for you. Yeah. Because I think that that's exactly what they did with Stansberry and Richard Williams. Hey, Chris, and, uh, are you a fan of Sir Mix-a-Lot? It was the wrong idea. That hey, Chris. Because he can't. Can't hear me. Wrong. Hey, Chris. Y'all know it. Hey, Chris. But that's the way it is. <laughs> but y'all have a great day, and maybe this weekend we'll take three from Quinnipiac and get back into the conversation. And baseball. All right. Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you. Or oh, he didn't hear you. He didn't hear me. <laughs> that's all right. Y'all stick around. Much bag, so fellas, yeah, fellas, yeah. Your girlfriend got your butt, hell, yeah. shake, it, shake, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake that healthy butt. You're Baby listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team, Farm Bureau Insurance. We stay connected to you here around the clock, not just while we're on the air, but when we aren't. Tweeting, live streaming, uploading, posting, uh, you know, all that stuff. Thanks to C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Over here on the Country Pleasing text line from Jinx, I got a recipe. He says, hey, Matt, here's a good Country Pleasing sausage recipe I cooked uh, the other night. It was fabulous. He says, cut up some red potatoes, about a quarter size. Spray with spray butter. Season with what's in the picture here. And this is, uh, how do you say that? Lowry's? 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 Lowry's is right. Cicero Total Seasoning for Cooking and Grilling. It's got like a picture of a little clove of garlic on the front. Cook in the microwave until they're soft, five to ten minutes. Cut up that green onion, country-pleasing sauces, into quarter-inch pieces. Fry it in a skillet with about half of a cut-up onion. Add all of that to an aluminum pan, top with shredded sharp cheddar cheese. Cook it in the oven on 350 for about 20 minutes until the cheese browns. Whew! Good stuff, he says. You can add egg if you want. 
breakfast style. Enjoy. That's from Jinx. And then he says, go dogs. Buddy, I think uh, that's worth trying. I don't know about you, but I think it is. Jinx, thanks, man. Nathan says, Jesus on that mainline Taylor grocery band version. What is he talking about, Roger? Any idea? I'll have to look that up. Yeah. So we got to look it up. He says Taylor grocery band version. So that, wait a minute, Nathan, there is a band that is called the Taylor grocery band. Or are you just saying it's like a regular band that plays at Taylor grocery outside of Oxford? I want to know the details, Nathan. I am uneducated. Apparently you were correct. This is the Taylor Grocery Band. That looks like their logo is a big catfish. Yeah. So Taylor Grocery has its own ver- his own band and its own version of Jesus on the main line. Now this was at uh, Joe's Crawdad Hole here in Jackson. This is recorded at the Crawdad Hole Music Festival. Okay. Yeah, we a learn orchestrated all what I'm used to. We learn all kinds of stuff on this show. Come on! All right, like good it. stuff. I like it. I like it. Yeah, okay, good stuff. Nathan, thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks for the heads up. I had no idea. Great catfish at Taylor Grocery up there. No question about that. I've had it. Make your tongue slap your hat off. Call him up. Tell him who's some like catfish. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Jay in Baltimore says, Reggie Perry, should I go pro? JT again. First round, Reggie Perry, yes. JT again says, millions of dollars? Reggie Perry, yes. JT says, risk of injury if you stay? Reggie Perry says, yes. And JT says, go pro, big man. That's from Jay in Baltimore. Yeah, the risk of injury thing really does change everything, doesn't it? Anthony follows up on the country-pleasing text, says, if that guy paid attention, the highest recruit stands pulled after that rule change was Renard of Sydney. And we saw how that turned out. Anyone else in the NCAA dropped his scholarship offer because of his work ethic? Or would have is is uh, you know according to you, Jason out in Flagstaff has sent us a beautiful picture of the mountains out that way. At least he's got a little sunshine out there. We don't have much of it here in your native home state of Mississippi today, Jason. Thanks for the text though. And Planet Pearl, Planet Pearl says Matt, I always like your realistic outlook on all sports and schools. I'm a diehard maroon and white bleeding MSU fan. I like to look at all teams the same. Keep up the good work. Planet Pearl, thank you for your text to the show. I need to give you a piece of info. Everybody, listen up. This is right up Roger's alley. And we've already heard from uh, Gator Man once today. We may hear from him again. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I know what this Uh-oh. is going to be about. <laughs> The NCAA has formed a coronavirus, uh, coronavirus advisory panel. Now, right. They'll slow the virus down. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, really what we need is to get the NCAA on it. You know, the ghost that we all believe in. Just for fun, y'all say coronavirus advisory panel five times fast. Say it really fast. 
coronavirus advisory panel. Coronavirus advisory. <laughs> the NCAA has formed a coronavirus advisory panel, not changing championship uh, venues and times just yet. The quote was, today we are planning to conduct our championships as planned. However, we are evaluating the coronavirus situation daily and will make decisions accordingly. According to Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times, coronavirus cases have been confirmed in the Tampa Bay area. For the latest news on the outbreak, you can go to their website. No, 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 no. Meanwhile, the uh, NCAA says they'll be announcing uh, their uh, action plan on typhoid coming up in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Get your polio vaccination. Just about so. to wrap that up. Yeah, polio, <laughs> that'll be the week after. We have an action plan. This is no laughing matter, but doggone, that was funny. As soon as Elizabeth Warren gets freed up, we'll have a lot more plans. Hey, well, you know, President Trump believes that she should be freed up already and that she's being really selfish by staying in the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he wants her back on the reservation. <laughs> you know whose opinion she does not care to hear? <laughs> Trump's. Other people's. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> the coronavirus outbreak has not yet changed upcoming NCAA championships, including March Madness games coming to Tampa in two weeks. But the association, that would be the NCAA, has formed an advisory panel to monitor the fluid situation. There's some oh. double entendre in there, ain't it, Roger? Yeah, yeah. you got to watch out for the fluids. And make any changes if the outbreak requires them. Quote, from Chief Operating Officer Donald Remy. The NCAA is committed to conducting its championships and events in a safe and responsible manner. Today, we are planning to conduct our championships as planned. However, we are evaluating the coronavirus situation daily and will make decisions accordingly. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, the divinity. All the, all the attention and respect it deserves. I'm sorry. I, I, click. I've moved on. Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, on your phone, right? On your radio, he's on the phone. What's up, Jason? Uh, nothing much. Got my little goofball. has his birthday today. I'm trying to force him to talk on the radio, and he won't do it. Well, that's okay. You wish him happy birthday for <laughs> Talking on the radio, you know this, Jason, it can make a lot of people nervous. Yeah. He's, he's weird. <laughs> he takes he's after one of those his... kids where he's really shy until he gets going and then he won't yeah. shut up. He he takes after his dad. That's what he does. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's good. No, I want to talk about this howling thing a little bit. Hey, and Jason, hang on for me. The music just started. So just hang on and we'll okay. and you can start us off in the final segment when we come back with that. We'll talk about howling going forward. So All just right, hang tight. That's Jason in Flagstaff. We'll start it off with him next. Howland and Mississippi State basketball has really kind of been an overriding topic today after their loss last night to South Carolina. Bumps them from NCAA tournament consideration unless now they go win the SEC tournament. All that and more coming up. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
Back on the show. Let's wrap it up. Jason in Flagstaff hanging on. He had some thoughts about Ben Howland and Mississippi State basketball. Jason, thanks for hanging on. Go right ahead. Hey, Jason, you there? I'm not. All right, can y'all hear me? Yep, got you. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, I'm not sure what the problem is. They, I watched it a few games, and I don't know. There's a, a couple of things I noticed that I really don't want to go into, but they're, they're not elite, but they're, they're better than some of the teams they've lost to mm-hmm. by a good bit. Something needs to change, but these people that want to fire Ben Howland, they're, they're kind of off their rocker, I think. Mm. I'm sure he'll figure it out eventually. This not too far off. It's just really frustrating because you know the team is better than New Mexico State and, and Liberty. Hey Jason, I think. I know, hey, hey Jason, I think we got a bad connection there, and I, I'm sorry about yeah, that because I asked you to hang on. But somewhere in the hanging on, um, we came back and we're hearing just a few other words uh, that you had there. Uh, call me back tomorrow, Jason. Okay. All right. Thanks. Yeah, we just got a we just had a bum connection. That's all that was. You know, I and, and I've. You know, communicate from time to time. I follow Jason on Twitter and he'll send me stuff. And I just think it's one of those things where, you know, he's like a lot of people that for them, it seems to go back to that road loss to Ole Miss a couple weeks ago, where you're in a position where you got to go win games the rest of the way to play yourself into the NCAA tournament. And that was the, First loss, I guess, after they were maybe on a two or three game lose streak, but a uh, win streak, but they went up there and lost and guess got blown out. It was not a close game. And that started a little bit of, uh, this isn't going to work out sort of thing. And then, you know, a road loss to AM and then a road loss to South Carolina pretty much kind of does them in. So at any rate, um, that's where they sit. For state, it's either win the SEC tournament and get in, or don't and likely play in the NIT, and that's tough. That's after making the NCAA tournament last year. The only thing is now you could sit here and go, well, that really kind of is a punch in the gut gut for the fan base. What fan base? I mean, they went to the tournament last year, five seed. Yeah, they got sent home after the first game, but what fan base? They still didn't have anybody at the games. I mean, you can't really put a dent in something that's not not there. So the program, I mean, it's a long way from, you know, the kind of program where every single year your expectation is, you know, sweet 16 or bust and playing in front of eight 9,000 people at your home games. It's a, they're a long way from that. That's just the truth. Hey, here's a couple of stories that popped up on my radar They actually go back to Alabama. Both of them do. What do you think about this? Former coach Tommy Tuberville will face former U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions in a March 31st runoff for the Alabama Senate Republican nomination. 
sessions in Tupperville won the most votes in the primary yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. To advance from a crowded primary field, awaiting the runoff winner in November is Democratic incumbent Doug Jones. Sessions is 73 years old, served in the Alabama Senate for two decades before becoming President Donald Trump's first attorney general. Tuberville, 65, used to coach at Auburn. Give him a run for his money, isn't he? He sure is. I still go back to I just don't understand, though, a guy like Tommy Tuberville getting all over Facebook asking for $5 donations from everybody. Where's the money, Tommy? I mean, I can go back and read the articles about the contracts. <laughs> Where's the money? You gave it to players. I <laughs> get him. Get him, Roger. <laughs> and then the other one is this. All right, this is, this is close to my where I went to high school in Prattville, not far from there. You know that that area of Alabama has been and is football crazy. It is football crazy. And over the last year or two, this story out in the county about this new um, private school that was going to pop up in Alabama, it's going to be like the rumor was like they're going to make it like IMG Academy in Florida. If they can have IMG, why can't we just have one here? And so they named it USA Academy. A new private school based in Kusada, Alabama, not far from Prattville. And it was expected to offer online classes and put a football team on the field this fall. Well, get this. A couple months ago, January the 2nd, they introduced Rush Probst as its first head coach. Yep, that guy. Remember two-a-days on MTV, Hoover High School? Controversial coach. Remember that? That's him, Rush Probst. Had to get it the heck out of Dodge in Alabama because he basically had a... You know how some men, they cheat on their wife and have a side hustle going on? This guy had like a side family, a whole family. A side hustle is an extra job. Okay, well, a side piece. A side piece. piece, there you go. Okay, so they have a side piece. He He had had a a side side set. He, you're right. I'm talking about wife and kids. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And That's then old school polygamy there. <laughs> and, and right. And then he went to Georgia and was coaching over there. So they announced him as the new head coach at USA Academy in Coosada, Alabama on January the 2nd. He's already said, I'm out. It's over. Less than two months later, he's out. He announced his departure. And has admitted that he got kind of in a headbutton contest with the founder of USA Academy. His name's Dusty Devon. <laughs> Great name. Listen, Was he going to move to Utah? I mean, Dusty Devon, how are you not a wrestler? He said contract negotiations reached an impasse when the school insisted on a clause in the proposed contract stipulating a $500,000 buyout. Now get this. Now get the timeline, okay? Get it. We're going to have a school. We're going to play this schedule, we're going to put a football team on the field in the fall of 2020, January 2nd. We have announced, we have hired Rush Probst as our head coach. And then they started, after they announced him as the head coach, began to have contract negotiations uh, an impasse. 
after they announced him as head coach. And you see how loose all this is? Somebody failed AD school. <laughs> well, they got a question in. Uh, AL.com got a question in with Russ Probst. Why did you leave USA Academy? Here's what he said. There were enormous philosophical differences about how to build a program. That's the main reason. There were others, but philosophical differences was number one and number two. And I did not feel comfortable about not having a physical plant secured. We're less than six months away from an August 22nd first game with a schedule that he put together. I didn't put the schedule together. He put the schedule together. That was a problem, too. He says, I don't know a football coach in America. Do you know of one who doesn't control his schedule? There's a lot yeah, there. Most new hires. Um, yeah. I mean, this coach allowed them to announce him as the head coach on January 2nd, and they haven't even gotten through all the contract negotiations yet. And then is saying that he should have been able to put the schedule together. When? Let me ask you a question, Coach Probst. You're so confident about every other coach in America and all this kind of stuff. You're telling me you allowed them to announce you as the head coach on January 2nd before you even completed contract negotiations, yet that ain't but two months ago, and you want me to believe you should have been putting the schedule together. When? Was it before they announced you as head coach you should have been allowed to put the schedule together? Or after you were announced as head coach, which ain't but two months ago, and y'all weren't even finished with negotiations on your contract? What, so you're going to put the schedule together what, after the meeting where you discuss your contract? Dumb. I mean, people like that, like this guy Rush Probst, would throw a quote like that knowing it's going to be printed, knowing anybody with half a brain can read the timeline, and he sits there and expects me to believe it and anybody else. The guy is completely and utterly bonkers. I can't believe that any parent out there, knowing with the information that's available to you, would in the slightest, even halfway, consider letting their kid play for this guy. Seriously. What are parents doing? Jeff, you'll have to call me back tomorrow. I'm sorry I made you hang on. We're out of time. The music has begun, so let's... Let's do that. Uh, you give me a shout tomorrow if you can. That'll wrap it up today here on Hump Day. Happy Hump Day, everybody. For Roger, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. See y'all tomorrow. See ya. You've been listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.